Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. a.m. Superstation. You're on Car Radio, Michigan's best car radio program. We are broadcasting live down here at the Detroit Grand Prix today. I am Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, your host, along with my co-host and sidekick, Robin Warner, uh, also uh, a, a writer and a racer himself. Uh, we love to race cars today. We're, we're going to be spectating this weekend because the IndyCar boys are in town, the IMSA WeatherTech boys are in town. The Indy Lights guys are here. you got all kinds of great racing down here at Belle Isle. We're excited to bring it to you here for the next two hours. Got a great lineup for you. We'll be uh, talking to Kevin Magnuson and Render Van de Zanda. They are the drivers of the pole-sitting Cadillac for this afternoon's 5 p.m. MSO Weather Tech race. Um, we probably won't get any IndyCar guys uh, these couple hours because the IndyCar boys are preparing for their 2 o'clock race, which will be right at the end of this program. But we've got a lot of great uh, IMSA sports car drivers for you here. We'll be talking to Antonio Garcia, who is the uh, one of the drivers for the Corvette team. Corvette, yes, is here. Robin, great to have Corvette in the house here at uh, Belle Isle. We're not used to that. Really wonderful that timing worked out that they could come. There's no Lamar to conflict with uh, the Detroit Grand Prix this time around. So super cool that they could come out and give us a display. It's a non-points race for the Corvettes for the GTLM category. They're just kind of here as an expedition run. But, hey, it's a lot better than not having them out here. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll also be talking to uh, Bud Denker, who's running this event, uh, president of Penske Corporation, uh, key guy to putting this on this uh, event on. They put this together Super in four critical. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Four, four weeks they set up this island for some of the fastest racing on the planet. Uh, so we'll be talking to him. Also, uh, in the second hour, we'll get to Catherine Legg, very talented uh, Porsche driver, Pippo Durrani, one of the Cadillac prototype drivers. So a lot coming your way uh, today. Uh, Robin, you've been uh, around these grounds uh, for the last couple days, uh, what do you what do you make of this place? It's exciting to have V8s going around Belle Isle again. I'm so happy to be here. It's such a good feeling to be around race cars and racing again, and especially here in Belle Isle, where it's such a beautiful backdrop. 
for the race cars to have the river and the Ren Sen in the background. Uh, so I'm really just loving that to see Scott's fountain with the podium set up around it. All of it's bringing back wonderful memories. And yeah, we've got a lot of great racing in front of us. IMSA's bringing uh, the DPI cars, the, the top prototype class, as well as a big hunk of GTD cars. And then, as you mentioned, a couple of Corvettes to run around as well. And then we've got IndyCar, Indy Lights. They're always putting on great shows for us. And the driver talent pool, when you put all those things together, is so deep here that it's just really wonderful to talk to just a huge amount of uh, variety of drivers and backgrounds that I really appreciate. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, the best from all over the world here. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, uh, former F1 drivers, to uh, former IndyCar uh, uh, drivers, sports car drivers. They're all here uh, because uh, uh, IMSA uh, brings such a, a variety of folks to motorsport. I should also mention, uh, for those of you who might be listening to the program on the island, we are broadcasting from the media center, which is right next to the paddock. So if you want to come over and uh, see some of these drivers as they come through our booth, uh, and talk to us. Uh, we got a speaker out here. You can find us on the east porch of the casino, which has been turned into the media center uh, for this weekend. And of course, uh, those of you listening out there who want to call in, our number is 313-778-7600. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, talk to us uh, or talk to the drivers as they uh, come through today. Uh, a lot going on here today. Um, we've had the uh, IMSA, uh, there's Bud Denker running by, a uh, busy man. He'll be joining us here in about 40 minutes. Um, the, uh, we'll have the Indy Lights race going on as we are broadcasting today. The IMSA guys qualified yesterday. Uh, the IndyCar guys just qualified. And, Robin, I think one of the real challenges to this place, this track is so different than any track these guys normally run. This is not a street, this is not an oval, this is not a billiard smooth street circuit. It is really <laughs> narrow, really rough, and these guys have one practice session That's right. before they qualify. It's really narrow, it's really rough, and it's really fast. <laughs> this is one of the faster street courses out there. I mean, you know, let's look at the average the average speed around this race course for pole sitter, uh, I'm sorry, not pole sitter, excuse me, uh, for the fastest lap uh, that they did in practice, Will Power averaged 109 miles an hour. <laughs> average speed. And these speed limit 35 right. around here <laughs> <laughs> during the week. Oh, boy, there's a number of speeding tickets coming. But <laughs> this, there's pavement changes. Sometimes it's asphalt. Sometimes it's concrete. There's weird, um, there's weird crowns in the road. There's all kinds of different adjustments to make. Just as you said, it's bumpy. But, yeah, they're hustling through here. And uh, it makes just a great, fantastic mental challenge for the drivers on top of just being a visually exciting show. I, I, I walked this track on Thursday with uh, Pippo Durrani, who's going to be one of our guests later in the program, and Felipe Nasser, uh, who, who raced the uh, Cadillac DPI around here. Their average speed is not far off of the IndyCars. They're running around here just three seconds a lap slower than the IndyCar uh, guys. 
And I've, I've, I've walked a lot of tracks, as have you. We're both racers. Um, you know, you, when you go to a road course, you, you try to walk the track, kind of see what, if the surface is sticky, if it's changed, uh, they've changed curbs. That's right. This place, you walk around, and you, and you look to see if there are any potholes <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, how steep the crown is in the middle of the road. I mean, this is a public road. Right, or if they've repaved the section here or moved something here, or if there's a bush there that wasn't there before or something like that. Yeah, 100%. This is... This is like a living, breathing place. So there's always something new to keep your eye out for. And that just makes it endlessly interesting. And I think it helps just provide strong racing here, which we get every year. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's really crucial that these guys do walk this course because it does change from year to year. Uh, I was out there walking with them on Thursday. No engines. Uh, no cars on track on Thursday, but everybody is out there on the track. Crews, engineers, drivers, checking this place out because you want to know where you might get caught out, particularly these sports car guys uh, who are lapping slower traffic. They need to know where they can uh, go wide, uh, you know, where they can kind of uh, press things a little bit to get through traffic because this race, this IMSA race, is, is not an endurance race. This is a flat-out sprint, 100-minute sprint to the finish Robin, I think it's the shortest race of the year for these guys. It, it, well, it's one of them. So they have two races that are 100 minutes long. It's this one, and it's Long Beach. And so this race, it's an endurance racing series, but it's actually most likely going to be shorter than the, the IndyCar race going on. All right, we got uh, getting joined here by a couple of our uh, IMSA driver friends. We got Kevin Magnuson uh, joining us. And Render Vandazanda, uh, fresh out of the drivers' meeting. Yeah, just put that microphone yeah, right up. We've got. We're your... looking at in the IMSA series one pro and one rookie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 rookie! How, how do you like this place? Yeah, very good. It's uh, it's an awesome track to drive, and uh, very different to what I'm used to. Uh, yeah. You know, this is this is rough old school racing. This well, is and not. We're, and, and, we're, and we're talking to Kevin Magnuson, who I should say is the son of Jan Magnuson, who's been out here quite a bit uh, in Corvette Street Absolutely. Racers. So you, you kind of do know this course a little bit. You've just never driven it before. Yeah, exactly. All the tracks that we go to this year, you know, I've watched my dad race on these tracks for 20 years. So it's pretty special to get to, uh, you know, drive it myself. Absolutely. And when, you're, when you've spent a career getting used to just absolutely every T-crossed, I-dotted, FIA circuits across Europe and Asia and other continents, and then you come here to a rough-and-tumble street course, it's eye-opening, isn't it? Different crowns in the road, different surfaces, obviously quite a few bumps. It's a, it's a steep exactly. learning curve, yeah? It is. It's, it's a much bigger challenge. You know, every track over here is unique. You know, you can't apply the same sort of driving styles at every track. You've got to adapt your driving style to every corner of the track and and every track is different again so um the challenge is is way bigger when 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 you know when the surface isn't new every time you come and and the curbs you know in the fia tracks they're starting to put this type of curb in the same place at every track so many corners around different tracks actually resemble each other so it it, it takes away some of the character on the track and the uniqueness of the, the circuit and i we should say briefly we 
jokingly called you a rookie, but you've got several years' experience in Formula One, that's let alone Formula all... One. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. They do some street racing there. They've done Monaco. It, but... <laughs> they go there. Yeah, that little fishing village. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they. Uh, so you obviously you're well well at hand here, but for this particular service. Uh, I imagine that you're leaning on uh, your teammate, Ranger Van Dezen, quite yeah. heavily, yeah? Yeah, massively. It's, uh, you know, wherever we go, Ranger has been there before. He's won races at uh, almost, you know, everywhere. So it's great to have someone like Ranger with the capability that he has and the experience that he has. Uh, but also, you know, the willingness in, in a teammate to, to actually help you out. You know, uh, Ranger has been great uh, at, at being open and, and helpful. Um, and, and he's pretty quick too. So, <laughs> so Render, yeah. How do you uh, how do you guys work together coming out here? You've got uh, a lot of experience in this series at this track. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's um, in the sport that we do is um, it's endurance racing, and we we share the car. So, whenever I bring back the car with uh, broken suspension or anything, my my team is not going to do well. <laughs> so. Um, at that point, uh, I better take care of the car because he's going to finish the race maybe and um, make the difference to win or not. And um, it's just the other way around as well. So you, you, at one point, you, if you understand that, and Kevin and I understand both how that works, do we uh, we start working together on a on a on a nice way. And he uh, he is from Formula One, and normally these guys are very egoistic. <laughs> uh, these Formula One guys are, guy. uh, are are like that, and uh, Kevin is uh, not so much uh, what I experienced. But I think it's also because he his dad has been in endurance racing for many times, so he knows what it is about. Um, and uh, obviously, you don't need to tell him how to drive fast. Here again in Detroit, he goes out and free practice one, and uh, you know massive massive speeds through turn one and two. The last quarter, he uh, he knows how to drive. Yeah, he he, he nailed it. Uh, put it on pole for this afternoon's uh, uh, race. I interesting. Yesterday, we yeah. were talking in news conference to Jimmy Johnson, who's also a rookie here on the IndyCar side, and he's really struggled here, uh, Kevin. And, and one of the comments I found interesting from him was he said, I, "I did a lot of simulator work before I came here this month. That did not help me." What what did you find? I, I, I didn't drive the simulator here at all. Uh, it it just it's not really helpful. I find watching actual footage of the races and you know from from the onboard cameras or, or, on the car. Ringo was nice enough to send me someone on board from previous uh, races here in the DPI. So uh, that way is is much better because you kind of get a much better idea of where the bumps are. You know how to how to line up the car uh, at the exit of corners where, where the bumps are really big. So in a simulator, that's not going to be right. So you, you're, you're going to pick up some habits that are, that are going to be wrong for the real track. So uh, I prefer not to do that. You could do that on these FIA tracks that are very flat and, you know, uh, some of them are even scanned and, and, you know, put into a model. So the track used in simulator is actually... 100% right. So they haven't done that here, so it's not worth it. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, taking a step back, and uh, you're going to have to correct me if I get this wrong, but uh, Ranger, you're, you're Dutch, and Maggie, Kevin, you're Danish. And it's not the same country. And it's not the same country. <laughs> How uh, Are there any cultural differences that you guys had to get past each other, or, no, or are mean, you guys we're, plenty we're about, similar? You know, we're, we're about six to eight our drive from from each other uh, it's very it's very close and and actually the culture is very similar from Dutch to Danish people I find and uh, it's something we've talked about a lot that 
you know you can you can feel i've never really known any dutch people that close as i know ringer now but it's it's pretty similar yeah, culture it it's uh, we live between england a little water in between germany south is belgium and then a little north is uh, is is the danish people and i think we're in holland we're very direct we're very I would say not so complicated, <laughs> um, and I think the Danish people are very close to that as well. So I, uh, I, I got that feeling at least. So we are very small countries. Um, what about the racing cultures between those two countries? Is that similar as well? I mean, obviously, you guys both grew up in European racing, which yeah. has a has a way about it in general. But then each individual country has their own little differences. You know, Denmark and Holland, we don't have big motorsport you know in in those countries we we both me and Renga went to Italy uh, when we were young kids to to race in go-karts and you know in in south of Europe uh, this, you start out in in Denmark or in, in Holland but you know you very quickly you go abroad so I don't think there is a Dutch motorsport uh, culture right now Verstappen has this whole uh, you know in Formula 1 he has he's changed the he's changed the, the, <laughs> the motorsport scene in Holland completely yeah. the Roger Federer for uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's Same. a lot there's a lot more Red Bull consum yeah. consumed there I imagine <laughs> so <laughs> so, uh, so look, uh, look ahead a little bit for us uh, 5 p.m. you guys go out on track this is a different race than normal in IMSA it's a hundred minute sprint uh, how do you guys look at it in as as co-drivers and as uh, and in and looking at a couple sp uh, pit stops? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it you know you could end up doing a big part of the race uh, yourself. You know, it depends on what's gonna happen with yellows and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, it's a bit different. The minimum drive time is five minutes, which is nothing. Wow. Really, that's yeah. really sh that's nothing. So if yeah, he goes out and after five minutes there's a yellow, and he comes in. Um, or after 15 minutes there's a yellow, you might even change drivers already there because wow. if you have to do it at the end and it's a small fuel stop, you're going to lose time doing a driver change. So it's strategy-wise, you really have to kind of get all the work done in the beginning and then uh, finish it then. When you're leading, you have a whole different strategy than in the back. So um, the guys in the back might pull off a bit of a risky gambling strategy, which might turn out really, really well. So from the lead you're kind of threatened from behind but on the other hand you control control the race more than anybody else it seems like this race more than anything it's 100 minutes long but it's actually only two laps long because it's all about your in lap and your out lap into the pits out of the pits and that it's really yeah, makes the race important. yeah so it is important uh, you know in the on the track it's hard to overtake so racing each other uh, maybe traffic can make a bit of a mix up which you uh, get stuck behind someone, get overtaken by the guy behind you. But anything else, it's on strategy and pit stop. So you're right, the out and the in laps are very important. I, I uh, walked this track with a couple of your uh, competitors, Durrani and Nasser, on Thursday. I assume you guys were out there walking the track. Um, th this place is very narrow. Low speed simulator, some call it. <laughs> <laughs> very, very narrow, hard walls. Uh, how difficult is it to pass the GT, ca the GT cars? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's cooperation. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be tight, you know, way, way tighter than any of the other tracks you've been to, and uh, you know, uh, there's there's more risk involved because you've got walls right at the white line not on the edge of the track, so uh, it's gonna be a, a big challenge. But of course, it's the same for everyone, so it's not you know you're not disadvantaged. It just yeah, it's more risk, and you need to be a little more careful, I think.
Yeah, track limits are a little different between here and the FIA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kevin, uh, I mean, welcome to uh, Detroit. Welcome to IMSA. What's, what's the atmosphere like here for you? Somebody who came out of F1 last year. How oh, do you like sure. it here? It's, uh, it's way different, I have to say. You know, this seems uh, a lot more relaxed in a way. But, you know, I'm not, not saying, uh, you know, it's super competitive here. Everyone is very focused, very professional. But they're able to be that and still you know, uh, have, a, have a healthy and friendly atmosphere around here. Where I think in, in, in F1, it can be a little, you know, feisty and a little uh, not so friendly. Uh, <laughs> so I enjoy that. Do you, uh, do you look at the open wheel cars out here that you're sharing the weekend with and say, yeah, I'd like to give it a shot in the Indy car too? Anyways, guys, see, I want to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Renner? You, you, uh, you, you got any uh, got any open wheel aspirations there? Or are you happy in the in the IMSA world? Yeah, I'm very happy in IMSA, and I think um, I'm one of those drivers. I'm 35 years old, you know. So I think those IndyCar drivers that have uh, what is it, 20 years old drivers? Yeah. So Castro Nevis just won Indy at 46. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's fine, you know, to be old. Um, <laughs> um, it's fine to be old and uh, still have a go at it. But for example, I don't know, man. Maybe Ganassi goes testing and uh, they cannot tra- test with their regular driver. I would love to do that test, you know. But uh, to be honest, I'm very happy in the spot I am with uh, long distance races and uh, and Ganassi is a fantastic team to be uh, to be with. So happy uh, happy to give it a go in their IndyCar if if I can. Well, uh, uh, gentlemen, Kevin Magnuson, Renger Van de Zanda, thanks for joining us here today. Good luck Thank to you. you guys starting from pole this afternoon. Hope yes. you have a great race. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, we're going to take a break here. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation, broadcasting live from the Detroit Grand Prix. We're going to take an ad here from our sponsors. We'll be right back with Antonio Garcia of Corvette. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, yo, this is actor-comedian Kel Mitchell. Join me and my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's me, the brand-new intelligent black woman, Y-O-Y-O, which is Yo-Yo, and I'm asking that you join me and all of my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's the 2021 National Black High School graduation. It's about unity. It's about family. It's a celebration, a rites of passage. We're celebrating black excellence, premiering this Saturday, 7 p.m. on WADL. Scholarships provided by Comerica Bank. We've got the perfect cure for your COVID blues, a new live and free three-week concert series, Novi Nights Live at the Adele Center. Three Fridays in July, the 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Join me, Alexander Zondrick and friends, featuring smooth trumpeter Lynn Roundtree, virtuoso violinist Evan Gar, and from Ohio, the Urban Jazz Coalition. Bring your lawn chairs, outdoors, rain or shine, Novi Nights Live. Call Phillips, 419-280-1073, 280-1073 for all the details. Come on out and party. Hello, I'm Pastor Robert Tilton. Detroit Southfield, I'm coming to see you. If you're bound by drugs, alcohol, sick, afflicted, troubled, maybe you need a financial breakthrough. I want to pray for you in the power of Jesus' name. I will be at the Southfield Weston Hotel, June the 24th, 7.30 p.m., Thursday night. That's the Southfield Weston Hotel, June the 24th, 7.30 p.m., Thursday night. Turn your faith into action and expect a miracle and be there. 
So, you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So, pop quiz. Which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. And all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet, are included with tuition. Independence U for an independent you. Call 1-800-556-7791. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Back to 910 AM Superstation, you're on car radio with Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, Robin Warner, Robin Warner, auto writer extraordinaire and racer himself. We are joined now by Antonio Garcia, who's one of the Corvette team drivers fresh off the track this morning and another rookie on this very difficult circuit. Antonio, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, great to, uh, great to have you in. Um, so the, uh, just great to have Corvette back here. I mean, normally you guys are over in France this time of year, uh, like, like the Indy cars in May in, in Indianapolis. Normally you guys spend all of June over in France. Uh, great to have you here in the hometown. How's it feel? I mean, it's good to be here in Detroit for the first time for me, especially, and driving the Corvette. So there's no no better car to drive around the Lyle. And yeah, really enjoying it. The whole atmosphere here, great to see the fans back here, which is the main thing, uh, I believe, about motorsport and sports events. And, yeah, so far enjoying it a lot and looking forward for the race. So uh, what, what do you make of this uh, circuit? Uh, it, it has a reputation as one of the hardest street circuits uh, in the world. Uh, but the, when I talk to drivers about it, they like it. It flows uh, pretty good. Uh, what's, what's your impressions of the circuit first time out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I mean, normally when you come to a street course, uh, it's usually very, very narrow and slow. But this one, kind of, the width is pretty decent and cornering are, are not very, very tight. So at the end, you end up going around quite fast. So that's, that's the key thing. I mean, you're still going around in, in between walls, which is very scary and stressful. But at a decent speed so yeah i really like it yeah. it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting variety of corners isn't it because you're going through the fountain and that's very tight um especially uh, the first parts of it but then turns one and two and also turns 12 and 13 you know you're you're hustling those are probably you know what fourth gear corners for you right so yeah yeah that's the thing i mean you come to turn one it's already a fourth fourth gear corner which is pretty fast over 100 mile an hour and yeah it's true you have the classic 90 degrees corners like between three and six but everywhere else i mean changing i mean the surface changes quite a lot uh, around the fountain is where you have the most grip also so it's the tightest part but also it has very good grip so yeah you need to just get used to where the bumps are especially just to know where you can really attack the brakes and yeah so far still discovering it but it's, it's fun what about uh that grip part because you have 
also the street courts where your different rubbers being laid down the tracks being cleaned off so even just the levels of grip you get that probably changes at each session as well i mean is that something that you just have to get used to knowing is going to change yeah you just need to react to that and kind of anticipate how the track will will improve or at times it will get worse so that's part of the driver approach to the racetrack and also the engineering so they need to kind of react or be a little bit proactive on how the track will develop just to have the best setup out there when you really need it so when yeah now going to the race after a full race one of indycar will be a completely different track again so i think nobody knows exactly what what to expect especially as with that we we never race here in a, in a long time so but yeah it's it's also fun to 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 have to to get used to it in one or two laps or faster than than your teammates basically just to, <laughs> yeah, to make the most out of that they don't give you much time out here to get used to this place no, do you? i mean if you if you if you struggle or you, they see you struggling a little bit they will attack you right away so yeah. uh so w what is your uh, week like uh, here is it, it must be different than a normal race because uh corvette is based here your race team pratt and miller is based here do you do you do, you do a lot more uh, corporate work, sponsor work when you're here this weekend? I mean, we did have a few events coming into this week, so I mean, it's very strange coming after this pandemic period where we went from zero outside track activities to kind of reintroduce the whole thing. Uh, but you can see slowly everything is going back to normal, even the outside track activities getting some some yeah just not just the the pure track thing and but it's good to to know that and get to see the fans again corvette corrals are getting back on back on the schedule too so yeah yeah I, 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 looking forward to have like a complete full uh IMSA race yeah it's, it's wonderful for us too uh, uh robin one of the one of the cool things this week uh was that uh, corvette uh, unveiled two special edition versions of its uh, C8R production car, yeah. based on the race cars that you that you guys uh, race, and and there's a limited edition now available to fans. You going to get one of them? It's oh. only it's only uh, I think it's eighty seven grand. Oh sure, yeah. I'll just uh, I'll just sell my first child. That's a, <laughs> that's probably the best way to do it. He he's. He's got to be worth at least one Corvette, I would think. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're they're beautiful cars. You gonna get one, Antonio? Probably. I mean, I mean, it looks good. I mean, and, and for sure, being a 2020 GTLM edition, uh, yeah, being being part of that car somehow or, or part of that car name is also really really rewarding for us. So even if we get one or not, or but at least you know whoever gets them, you, there is some part of our job in into that car you get the red you get the silver one or the yellow one i would go yellow i think so <laughs> that's been the classic corvette racing color right you gotta stay stick with tradition uh yeah and 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 so far the three cars been always yellow so at some point it will go different i mean we had a different livery at at sebring when both cars ran the mobile one liveries both in gray or silver and yeah they all look pretty, pretty good. I mean, the C8R looks good, probably in every single color. 
Yes, it's been a huge hit. Uh, uh, GM can't build enough of them. Have you been down to uh, Bowling Green? Have you been down to the factory? I, I was down there, but still when the C7 was produced, so uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't get a chance to get back when and to see the actual C8 production line. You're not going to find a more devoted group of Corvette lovers than you will down at that factory. They are to the marrow yeah. Corvette lovers down in Bowling Green at that factory. So it's a great place. now. And it's got a racetrack. And it's got a racetrack, yeah. Um, a, a darn decent one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty a good, new. Yeah, it's a good track. Um, now, how are you going to, how are you going to, because you're kind of in this in-between where you're quicker than the GTD cars, but then you still have the prototypes to deal with. So you're kind of in this middle ground, and how do you, how do you play that chess game? Uh, that's a classic for us. I mean, we're always there in the middle. I mean, at least here we only need to deal with our teammates and not the, the rest of the GTLM field. But, yeah, it's, it's always difficult to deal with traffic there. I mean, you need to... You, ne you know at some point the, the prototypes will go around you and, and the main thing is when you catch the GTD field to when you're lapping them. So it's not easy, but that's what probably what makes GTLM also a very, very tough uh, class. So you don't, really, you don't really need to deal with your own class, but you need to pass other classes and, and get in passed by the prototype. So yeah, I mean, I I'm used to it and and it's part of racing. Yeah, you're the you're the meat in the in the sandwich. So uh, with with uh, Corvette being the only representatives from GTLM here, uh, how, how much do you guys uh, talk to each other, or are, is this is this uh, you, you guys are going to be balls out there racing for the win? Oh yeah, I mean for sure we know Corvette is going to win this race, but uh, yeah, we all even if we don't we don't say it loud. Uh, we all want our car to win for sure. <laughs> so we are race car drivers. So. Yeah, you saw that yesterday in qualifying, everybody pushed a lot. Jordan had all the mirrors completely, a little bit with some wall marks out there. So there you can tell that he was pushing to the limit. So even if if somebody says otherwise, they're lying to you. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's fun. And, I mean, it, and it keeps, it's always good to, to be racing because it keeps you up to speed because next race is going to be the Glen. Our competition is going to be back there, so Detroit GP is kind of a, a good race to get up to speed again, and, and not only us, the team, the crew, getting up to speed on strategy, tire changes, everything. So yeah. that that's helps another, everything. That's an, please. You know, and you mentioned uh, Jordan. Jordan's been here a lot, uh, raced this course uh, in, in, in DPI cars as well as GT cars. How, how much of a help has he been to you? Uh, coming in here first time. Yeah, for sure. I asked him a lot of questions. So we we did a little run uh, on Wednesday morning, just around the track. We did a few laps running, and yeah, I kind of asked him a ton. And then we we had a chance to to move up to Pratt Miller, our team base basically, and and go around it in a in a little simulator. So I can actually kind of do a back-to-back -back on what I saw in the morning while doing the run around the track and, and so I could get a little bit on into the rhythm so yeah that that helped me maybe a little bit and, and for sure uh, yeah we'll see how how the rate go how the race goes but yeah should be good right and uh, you are you're racing just your teammates um, and there's you know you have that part going on but 
at the same time, as you said, you're going to the Glen afterwards, and there's, there's in some ways some similarities. That's an older racetrack, older pavement, and, you know, that's quite high-speed place. So, you know, is there, there's a little bit of, tiny bit of training, you could say, could carry over to keep the rust shaking off, that kind of thing, right? I mean, to get you just a little bit more comfortable with heading to the six-hour race at the Glen. Yeah, of course. Every single race lap we do, it, it helps not only us as drivers, but everything to get it, getting up to speed, like the engineers, the race engineer, the one calling the race strategy. So it's good to have like a, a warm-up, per se, and, and get to the Glen uh, as prepared as we can. So it's, gonna, it's a completely different racetrack. I mean, the Glen is... is probably one of my favorite racetracks in America yeah. for sure if not the world and yeah looking forward for that one Mike, we've, we've, uh, you've raced the Glen I've, I've, I've raced the Glen virtually yeah. uh, but I've never <laughs> been there in, in real life I'm, I'm desperate to go it's a classic Formula 1 track they raced there from 61 to 1980 yeah. and just the, the speeds you can carry through that place well that's what I, I, I race it every year and, and, and since I was a kid that was the track I wanted to race because that's where the Formula One guys yeah. went. Yep. My my kids who also race, they want to go to Circuit of the Americas because that's where Formula One goes today. I mean, what 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 do you what do you uh, look forward to in the United States? What's your uh, favorite track? I'm like second a, to Belle Isle, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I must say I always my favorites are always the street circuits, so Belle Isle is up there for sure. But I like also old school and. And the Glen, the Glen is probably one of them. And yeah, I really like old school tracks where if you do a mistake, uh, there is kind of some punishment. So you, new racetracks like Circuit of Americas and all those, uh, they are different. I mean, they are very huge facilities and everything. But as a as a driver. Uh, you take away a little bit that fear factor if the next corner is flat or not. I mean, you just try it, and if it's not, you just run wide, and that's it. Yes, yeah, so the, the Watkins Glen actually would sort of be the the, the middle ground between a Circuit of the Americas and a street course because Watkins Glen there's not a there's not a lot of room. Yeah, there's a lot of blue rail going around that place, so that's a, that's a real challenge. Uh, uh, when you're racing this place, and it's so close. Um, do, do you do you race maybe more at eight tenths instead of nine tenths the way you would normally? Uh, what do you mean by that? Just because uh, you, 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 there's there's so little room. You give with, yourself with, just a little bit of a comfort no. window. Yeah, just no, in case. I mean, yeah, it's always hundred. I mean, <laughs> and if the hundred percent of the car is your eighty percent, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the problem comes when you go at a hundred percent of the car and you're also at your, at your limit. That's when the mistakes come. So yeah, you, you cannot. As I feel it, you never really be cautious and be away from the walls. So. Did you um, did you have to at some point this race weekend show Nick Tandy that the engine was actually in front and not in the back? Did you have to <laughs> let him know? Because yeah, Nick Tandy, longtime Porsche driver, now he's he's in the sister car with Corvette, and uh, I wonder if he's still picked up on all the different little oh, differences yeah. between a Porsche and a Corvette. Yeah, I mean, he's a quick learner. I mean, he's a really really good driver. I mean, we did a a lot of race together against each other uh, when he was in Porsche, and yeah, we had a lot of fun out there. So, but. We still do, even if he's on the sister car. So, yeah, great to have him in the team. 
Antonio, a lot of uh, changes coming to this sport here in the next couple of years. Uh, the uh, prototypes moving to hybridization, uh, similar ch- uh, changes go- coming in NASCAR um, as well as IndyCar. Um, how, how do you feel about motorsport right now? Is this uh, is this a good time to be in motorsport? I think so. I mean, you can see that there is a ton of uh, good things coming and and whatever it is, I mean, if the, the sport get, gets bigger and bigger and more involved uh, people involved in it, I mean, that's good for the whole for the whole uh, atmosphere. I mean, for for the whole motorsport. So I'm happy to to be here on this time and looks very very promising. So yeah, looking forward for that. Do you, uh, are, are, do, uh, the, the other piece that's coming is that uh, the, the, the... GTD Pro? Well, but the, the American racing and the European oh, racing right, is, is, is going to merge. I yes. mean, now you're, it's going to be a much more international sport here in two, in, in two years. Uh, for, a, for a global racer like you, that must be very exciting. I mean, I was lucky enough to, to be able to compete in the biggest races in America and in Europe with the same car. So now, finally... All the prototype cars will have the same opportunity to race either at Le Mans or Daytona. So, yeah, I mean, to, just to have a global same uh, regulations, I think, makes the whole sport uh, an easier way to understand and, and to follow and to and to race at. So, yeah, I think I think it's good to to have this both big championship on both sides of the of the of the Atlantic and and that they get together on with the same rules so yeah i think it's gonna be uh really really good years coming yeah yeah it's an exciting time to be in motorsport antonio garcia thanks for joining us today uh in in the racing corvette c8r great to have you guys out here at bell isle again and good good luck this afternoon in the race okay. thank you thank you very much all right uh, uh we are going to uh transition here to bud denker who is the president of penske corporation uh, talk to, to us a little bit about uh, uh, the setup while uh, Antonio gets uh, unhooked. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck this afternoon. Yeah, great great to have uh, uh, Antonio here. Great to have Corvette uh, back here, uh, Robin. And, and uh, even, even if it's just two cars in GTLM, I think these are the two cars we won here in this uh, sport. But that's really a class that's in transition. Absolutely. Um, it's going away. GTLM is in its final year, and uh, we are losing that but gaining GTD Pro, and that's going to be great to see. But it's also so great to see Corvette um, here on the racetrack itself because Corvette is always here in big numbers, in the, in the crowd, in streetcars, and all this kind of stuff because Chevrolet plays such an important part of this event. But to have... Corvette's actually on the track as well. That's such a love. It's such a welcome addition to the weekend for sure. Yeah, it is cool. We're joined by uh, Bud Denker here, who's the president of Penske uh, Corporation. And, and and Bud, you must feel that love too. I mean, you you're putting on this uh, this, this event uh, for for IndyCar, uh, for IMSA, for Indy Indy Lights. But this is also a very Detroit event. I mean, the manufacturers love that there's racing here in the whole, in the hometown. This is pretty special to have Corvette here this year. No, it really is. I, I would say I was just talking to uh, Coach uh, Campbell here, the new coach for Alliance. He's here today to announce the command to start your engines. And what a great guy he is, by the way. Talk about a coach's co- or a player's coach. Oh my God. Uh, but anyway, he was commenting about how cool is this for the city of Detroit, right? And I told him, I said, you know, last week 
We had 155,000 people at Indy, including our grands, including our suites. We reopened America last week. I think this weekend we're reopening Michigan. We really are. And the, the, the fact that we are in the, are in the shadow of GM's uh, Rensen, their world headquarters, what other company in the world has a racetrack two miles away that's able to go out and demonstrate the performance of their cars, whether it be the Cadillacs or the Corvettes, but, but here in Detroit? I mean, we are still the Motor City capital of the world. We're proud to be here. It's been an arduous journey, I would say, to get to this point, um, but here we are. Yeah, four. I mean, and it's yeah, it's been a moving target, right? I mean, these regulations have been changing. Oh. Uh, the country's been opening up. Uh, Michigan's been opening up, and and you guys are, are right there in the crucible, having to make decisions on the fly because you only have a month to get this place set up. Right. No, it's been a uh, it's been interesting. Um, <laughs> the playbook. I, I I paused there for a minute. Um, you know, we we worked with a number of people. Um, Chris Illich and the and the Tigers. Um, uh, Jason Langwell and the Rocket Mortgage Classic coming up. Kathy Cooper and Myers, because Meyer has a golf tournament next week in Grand Rapids. The Dow organization. All of these organizations, like ours, have these big events coming up. And what's your playbook going to be? What's our playbook going to be? Let's be consistent in our approach to the government, because by going out there and doing different things isn't going to help either one of us. So it's really been a team effort behind the scenes. But i got to tell you, we went from having a consideration of no fans in January. You know, Things did not look good in January and February in our state, or in the country for that matter. So we were thinking no fans. But you know the thing about it was Mark Rice at General Motors and Ray Scott at Lear said, doesn't matter. We're, we're there for you. We're going to be there for you to put on an event in Detroit. It's that important for our city to have an event. Then we got to 1,000 fans because the Tigers announced this 20% in the grandstands. So we had 20% in our grandstands, right? So we had 1,000. And then what about the chalets, the sponsors? Well, how do we treat that? Well, we got a ruling then that we could actually treat them as an outdoor restaurant, <laughs> which meant 50% capacity. Wow. So we had to design our place for 50% capacity. And then, but, it's, but the problem was, Henry, the problem was by the time we got to having an open environment like it is now, we're not wearing any masks. I can, I can see Henry's face for the first time in a long time. That's yeah, a great thing. It's a beautiful face, by the way. Still there. I'm so <laughs> yep. glad. It's it's good, still there. It's yep. a good face for radio. And, uh, anyway, by the time we got to that, three weeks ago, we couldn't order more grandstands. We couldn't put more general admission. We couldn't put more bridges up for the fans. And that's the point I'm disappointed in is the fact that our fans that want to be here, we had to limit it to about 8,000 people a day. And that's a bummer. Um, but I hope that pent-up demands means even more interest for next year. And what we saw in Indy was a true demonstration of this principle is that when you miss something, when you get it back, it's even more important. When you miss the 500 for a year, it's more important. When you miss our race here in Detroit, it's more important when it comes back. And I felt that last week, and I'm feeling it again here this weekend. Yeah. Well, and, and, you, and, you, and you know, you're, you're in entertainment. Uh, uh, a group after all. This, you don't want that fan to break the habit. I, 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 yes. and, and, and there have been so many sports that have struggled in the last year, I think. Uh, been a lot of politics in sport. I think uh, uh, racing, for the most part, has stayed above that. I think there's enormous pent-up demand, and you saw it at, in, at the Indy 500. 135,000 people there, and the fan favorite won that race. That Elio the Castro show or what? That I, was something. I, I think when we look back historically at the at the moment when America reopened, 
because you know it's been a it's been a patchwork, right? Florida has been more open than Michigan, uh, Georgia more open than California. But I think as a national moment, that might be the moment historically was when Elio Castroneves climbed that fence, yeah. and the and 135,000 people was. cheered, and the fans would not leave. Yeah, I've never seen an event before. The fans usually barreling out of an arena, a stadium, anything to get out to beat the traffic, right? They would not leave until Elio did his victory lap, which was about 45 minutes after the after he crossed the checkered flag. NBC was in my ear saying, "Get him off the track. We need to put him in here so we can get the TV coverage." And it didn't matter. He, Ricky, he was doing his Ricky Bobby run down the straightaway, right? And uh, that's just Elio. And it's not planned. It's not rehearsed because you never know when you're going to win that race, let alone four times. And it was pure Elio. And that was a cherry on top for that moment. You said the word moment, Henry. It was, it was a, a moment, moment in sports and a moment for all of America. Yeah. But I think that's what's so fantastic about this event. Yeah, there's details that, boy, it'd be nice if we had this. Or if we knew this a week ago, we could have done that. But we're here. We're here. We're, there is a media center. We're parked outside. We're listening to race cars in the background. We see fans. We see stands. We see a paddock full of race cars and really interesting racing. The racing world has a ton of great news coming, and Detroit is at the center of it this weekend, and I'm just so immensely grateful for that. And more than anything, I guess what I'm getting to is I really want to thank you, but because it's you and your team that helped get this thing together so quickly and give us this. Is it perfect? No, but it's so much more than not having anything at all. I'm just eternally yeah, well, grateful we're keeping this going. Well, well thank you for that. Like Roger and I were in the coach for the last hour or so. Um, motor coach is talking next year of course planning 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 and they were showing the overhead shots the helicopter was overhead of us with these overhead shots of Belle Isle it went down the riverfront around the Renaissance Center with the General Motors flag down there around that came back up we're saying to ourselves how can you how can you put a value on what this means to this broadcast today for, for, for two hours two and a half hours today and two and a half hours tomorrow plus the sports car broadcast on NBC Sports. I mean, there's no value you can put on what this means to our city. Yeah, we didn't fill up as many restaurants and hotels this time because of fewer people that came, but the value this city's going to get from this weekend is immeasurable, and that makes us pretty proud. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to give a shout-out to our listeners, too, to, to remind everybody we're down here on Belle Isle at the Detroit Grand Prix this weekend. We're joined by Bud Danker, president of Penske uh, Corporation, uh, Belle Isle is back open. The Grand Prix is back after uh, missing a year, and uh, it, it, it's really uh, it gives it gives you goosebumps to be down here. The Indy Lights cars are out uh, doing their race right now. Uh, it, it, and as Bud says, I, I wish I could give a shout out and say, "Come on down here and see the race." But there is not general admission uh, this year. The, the tickets are spoken for, but a lot of great racing coming uh, from IndyCar at two o'clock, and then from the IMSA boys uh, at five p.m. Uh, but, but I wanted to I wanted to ask you there as you go around this country, Robin and I travel quite a bit. I think there are a few corporations that uh, that that have as much respect as Penske Corporation, and it starts at the top. I mean, uh, uh, your boss Roger Penske, founder of this company decades ago, has really put in place a, a brand that uh, transcends business, that transcends racing. I mean, it really stands for something. He is an 84-year-old man. This epidemic was was really was focused on 80-year-olds. Yeah. How did you keep him safe yeah. for the last year? Yeah. 
That's not easy, Henry. <laughs> um, he wants to move and move all the time. But, you know, it's interesting. We, we you know, God, think about last April and May, we met every every day in our, our boardroom, right? Um, he, myself, and about four of us, our CFO, our legal counsel, our, our vice chairman, every day. And we would talk around the world. We, you know, we're global business, right? Every yeah. day and go, what's going in? Every single day. We were worried about liquidity, right? We're worried about deferring our rent. That we rent our, our dealerships around the world. Can we defer it for two months for cash flow reasons? I mean, that's how dire the situation was. And it was all about keeping our health and keeping his health mm-hmm. um, intact. And by having that small bubble that we were in, we made a pact to ourselves. Guys, we're running this company. We've got to show some leadership here. And that leadership means we're not going to violate anybody of going out of bounds and contracting this awful, awful disease. And knock on wood, thankfully, we did not. We did a lot of testing, continuous testing of ourselves, continued to be sure he was fine. We were fine. And um, we were relieved, you know, when that first uh, vaccination came out in January to get um, Roger and our leadership team, when we were age-appropriate, vaccinated. So but to answer your question, it was not easy because he wants to be out. He's not a person to... To sit home and yeah. the good news is we're now we're now back out we're visiting our dealerships once again um, we were in Germany you know last week working on some prop uh, some opportunities over there so we're um, we've made those trips now it feels more normal um, you know we're still cautious when we need to be cautious obviously but this weekend how ironic is this for 15 months we've been operating IndyCar series with masks on and social distancing and, and vaccinations required to go in the paddock we're here in Michigan it's our first event None of, that's, none of that's in place. One of the most difficult states, frankly, restrictive states, I would say. Not difficult, but restrictive in terms of co- protocol. Yeah. And here we are now with none of that in place. And, uh, of course, the, inside the media center, we're still respecting that with masks. Um, but there's another thing I'm, I'm proud about, Roger. We had a call about a month ago with all the leadership of IndyCar, all the team owners, the officials, everybody. And we said, we want you all vaccinated. We want you all vaccinated. You can't make them get vaccinated. You just can't do that. And we said, if you don't, you don't have to. We're going to test you every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning when you come to the track. Not 8, not 7, 6. <laughs> That's a- Guess what? Our sport is 95% vaccinated. Hmm. I don't think the NHL can say that. Maybe the baseball can say that. Anybody can say it. We're 95% vaccinated because it makes the right decision. It makes sense. And who wants to miss the Indy 500? because they made a mistake and I got vaccinated. Well, and that's just a really interesting point because you're talking about liquidity just a moment ago. This happened just a few months after purchasing <laughs> the Indianapolis Motor Speedway yeah. and taking on such yeah. a big, yeah. I mean, that's a large capital investment, but just you were talking about value earlier, the intrinsic value to the entire country of the Indianapolis 500 and that Motor Speedway and protecting what really is a gem in this country. No doubt how you take on that responsibility and manage all the finances around that and really that was you made something happen in august in 2020 and then just had just a fantastic event just last month so how was managing all of that among all these uh, other complications Yeah, that's a good question because we had that was all on top of our business right we remember we have 60,000 employees around the world right it's a big business and a lot of people out there and the hardest part of all of that was last year we had to furlough you know 59 percent of our automotive workforce right it was that was was around the world and then indycar we did the same thing we had to furlough a number of people in the indycar series and the ims as well too which was tough happy to say they're all back you know and, 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 and 
they're now working prop, you know, substantially. But yeah, when, when we purchased the Indiana Motor Speedway on January the sixth, with an estimated plan in your financial forecast to have three hundred thousand people at about a hundred to one hundred and ten dollars a pe- person, do the math. <laughs> None of them were there. Yeah. And thankfully, our sponsors did not abandon us. They stayed with us. NBC stayed with us, despite the fact there weren't any fans in there. And people like Chevrolet and others right there by our side, NTT right there by our side all along. And for that, we thanked them. So that wasn't fun. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, as, as uh, Roger told us yesterday in a uh, media scrum, uh, he, he would make the investment again. He would. I mean, yeah, he, you, you guys are bullish on motorsport. Uh, yeah, you guys see uh, uh, sunny skies ahead for the no, sport. No, it is. It's his holy grail. We might negotiate a bit harder on the price if we knew what we had coming <laughs> for us, but we would, we would do it again 100% of the time, time and time again. We love what we have. Be down there Monday morning at IMS, Monday morning working on the next phase of, of, of opportunity. So we'll leave here and go right to IMS. Yeah, it's exciting times. Uh, Bud Denker, President of Penske, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck this weekend. Great. Thank you, guys. And great to have you all here. Great to see America here. All right. Take care. All, all right. right. Bye-bye. We're going to uh, take a break here, hear from our sponsors. And on the other side of the break, we'll be talking to more race car drivers. Catherine Legg will be joining us. You're on Car Radio, 9, 10 a.m. Of course. You're really looking fine. Three deuces and a four speed and a 10% today and receive 10% off any purchase when ordering from our mobile app and enter promo code 910AM. Our new menu items include gluten-free wraps, spinach wraps, fried spicy buffalo cauliflower, and sweet potato maple cheesecake. Don't forget about our always delicious Sidegensburg corned beef, our fresh hand-patty charbroiled 100% premium beef burgers, and our homemade teriyaki stir-fries. Central Park Deli has curbside service available and DoorDash delivery. Come visit us today. Are you looking for a great deal on advertising? Here at 910 AM Superstation, we're going to make you an offer that you can't refuse with our Godfather Package Special. You can receive 200 spots for $500. That's right, 200 spots for only $500. That's $2.50 per spot. All spots must stay within a 30-day schedule. And 910 AM Superstation will produce your spots for free. Please contact Renisha Williams at 313-434-8291. That's 313-434-8291. Please call now. The last year has reminded us that we're stronger together. Through it all, Detroit Public Schools Community District has been there for students and families. By offering diverse learning options and wraparound support services, we're committed to meeting your child's needs while remaining focused on what comes next, safely reopening schools to support the continued growth of our students. Visit DetroitK12.org to enroll your child today. For when students rise, we all rise. Got cabin fever? Then join us Sunday, June 13th on Woodward Avenue at 8 Mile Road at 12 p.m. 
We're going to caravan down Woodward Avenue and learn about our businesses. We will culminate at Eastern Market. In the meantime, RSVP 1248-234-2371. See you Sunday, June 13th. Hey, yo, this is actor-comedian Kel Mitchell. Join me and my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's me, the brand-new intelligent black woman, Y-O-Y-O, which is Yo-Yo, and I'm asking that you join me and all of my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's the 2021 National Black High School graduation. It's about unity. It's about family. It's a celebration, a rites of passage. We're celebrating black excellence, premiering this Saturday, 7 p.m. on WADL. Scholarships provided by Comerica Bank. We've got the perfect cure for your COVID blues, a new live and free three-week concert series, Novi Nights Live at the Adele Center. Three Fridays in July, the 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Join me, Alexander Zanjic, and friends, featuring smooth trumpeter Lynn Roundtree, virtuoso violinist Evan Gar, and from Ohio, the Urban Jazz Coalition. Bring your lawn chairs outdoors, rain or shine, Novi Nights Live. Call Phillips, 419-280-1073, 280-1073 for all the details. Come on out and party. WFDF Farmington Hills, Detroit, 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media.